tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. My name is Oliver Queen. My name is Barry Allen. You're blind, but you see so much. Everything we've been doing, it all leads here. Suit up. Jim Gordon, GCPD. I hear good things about you, Counselor. Harvey Dent. Likewise, about you, Detective. You think you know me, but I've never been more than what each of you has created. <laughs> Just look at the flowers. Oh, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. So much to talk about this week. We not only have uh, quite a bit of shows without Arrow and Flash being on this week, uh, but we also have a lot of fan participation to talk about. So, um, if you're ready, let's get started. Definitely. What do you want to talk about first? Well, let's talk about uh, what you posted on on, on uh, Facebook on the Geekly Facebook. We have the you have the quote from Andrew Lincoln. Why don't you go ahead and uh, read that off? Um, the quote. Um, I guess um, I actually don't have it in front of me. Um, it was just how by reading the script for season six, how he, just how upset he was from it. He woke up in the middle of the night and just couldn't go back to sleep. He showed up to rehearsals late because he was so upset by it. Yeah, and you know, any, if anybody who's, who's watched any interviews with Andrew Lincoln or uh, uh, seen him on The Talking Dead or anything like that, you know he's a very he's a very uh, method actor. He gets really into whatever it is that he's doing uh, to the point that when he knows he has to do certain scenes, he won't be around anybody on set before those scenes so that he can get into that uh, persona that he needs to to be Rick. So if you take into account like how how uh, you know uh, together this cast is so much like a family. The only thing that could probably upset him this much is that one of the cast members actually getting killed off. So that's something to look forward to for season six. Here, I'll read the quote as as it's on there, um, just for anybody that wants to that hasn't seen it. it. Says, "I felt sick to my stomach when I read the script. It was the first day in the whole six years of working on The Walking Dead that I was late for work because I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't get back to sleep. I was so angry and frustrated, and I felt sick. And that." was just after reading it. So, I mean, just from reading the script and not uh, not actually doing um, the lines yet, you know, he that's how he felt. So, it's pretty impressive. And, you know, just to circle back to what I said a couple of weeks ago, I, I think that Daryl is going to be the next one, you know, going to be off the show. You know, that's that's a very, very bold move. For is how high a reception Daryl has amongst fans, so uh, which you know wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that's the type of show this is supposed to be. It's supposed to be, hey, it's supposed to be the the, the network TV version of Game of Thrones. You know, <laughs> whatever character you're liking, we're gonna kill off. And um, I mean, just from what I've seen too, Norman Reedus and. Uh, Andy Lincoln, they're basically really good friends out of uh, outside of the TV show. They're always hanging out together, posting pictures together. So and they're always pulling pranks on each other too, right? So, so I, I mean, mean it's, it only it reinforces the brother relationship between the two of them. And then they've gotten really close in the TV series as well. So I mean, you know, he's going to lose a friend. Basically, that's what I feel. That's the vibe I'm getting. Anyway. <laughs> 
Well, uh, some of our um, listeners or fans or followers, whatever you want to call it, on, on Facebook, we had Raymond Barons said, I agree, though Carol is also on my list for potential victims. So uh, I think that was, you know, pretty interesting. I know you had already, we had talked about this earlier in the um, in the podcasting episodes, but uh, Robert Kirkman at New York Comic Con did say that Carol would be a character that he would keep on the show as long as he was on, he was the executive producer of the show. Right? Right. Right. So, <laughs> but, but, I mean, and, and I went on to say, yeah, I mean, it is something that he did say, but I I really don't know if that's something that he was saying in, in genuine or in jest because uh, something like that, you don't want to just come out and be like, oh, I'm never going to kill that character off kind of thing. You know what I mean? Especially since he right. killed the character off in the comic books. Yeah, but I mean, I, I guess um, in his defense, what he was saying is just he loved the character development, you know. Um, in the TV show, how she's a completely, you know, different person, how she was in the beginning of the show. True. It's very true. So, I mean, I, I think it's open. It's open out for out there who's, who's going to die. Uh, Michael Owens on Facebook also said, for some reason, I think Maggie is going to get, uh, is going to bite it. I think they have, they will have Daryl or Glenn go on to take control of the hilltop. Um, I like this also because... For those who don't know in the comic book, and I, and you know, if you don't want to know this part, skip ahead the next couple of seconds because it's going to be a big, big spoiler. But in the comic book, um, Glenn is the one that meets his end to Lucille, and people are expecting that now. When as soon as Net Negan shows up, they know Glenn is going to die. Um, but the look at the way the TV show has done certain certain things. Why not kill off Maggie? You know that that takes out Maggie and a baby, and then Glenn has to go through everything that you know Rick went through when uh, Lori died, and and whether or not he's going to handle it the same way. Right, and you know I do like the hilltop theory because I mean Glenn has really stepped it up. He really has become a leader. So for him to run the hilltop, I think that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's 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 so cool to to see these different theories pop up and and the reasoning behind them I think are so valid that it's it's pretty it's pretty good uh it's pretty good chance of them happening. Uh, I just know that this end of this season or this the end of this uh yeah this season is really ramping up to be something pretty spectacular. Right. And then they're going to make us wait all over again until August. I mean, October, <laughs> sorry. October, yeah. Don't even give them the, the August. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, that's just what I think is uh, pretty amazing about this show. Uh, I also posted on, on, on Facebook that uh, do you think what the, the the movie-goer reaction or fan-goer react Because, I mean, okay, so Batman v Superman's coming up. It's in the title, Batman versus Superman. And, you know, it's probably the oldest, like, argument in comic book history. Who would win in a fight, Batman or Superman? And uh, in this movie, it's going to be just like when we had uh, Alien versus Predator or... Uh, Freddy versus Jason, 
there's not going to be a real winner between the two. So do you think fans or moviegoers are going to be okay with that outcome? Probably, probably not. I, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, even if they did have a, a true out winner, you're still going to have half the people be like, no, Batman should have won, or no, Superman should have won, you know, because of this. But the fact that it's going to end with the two of them probably coming to, uh, you know, almost defeating each other, and then all of a sudden Doomsday pops in, and they, they have to team up to fight him, you're just going to have everybody be like, well, at least we, we didn't even get a real answer now, you know? So it kind of it kind of upsets me whenever we set up this whole versus idea and then we never get a real uh, a real outcome. But I I'm not going to be upset. I know who would win in a fight, so it doesn't really matter. Same here. <laughs> uh you also posted about Young Justice. So basically um this is the week to binge watch Young Justice. Uh, Netflix is trying to just uh, get a poll, see how many viewers have actually uh, gotten to see if the popularity really is that high. So they can go ahead and, you know, give the green light and, you know, start season three and have it be a Netflix original and bring it back, which would be awesome. <laughs> I mean, it obviously would do well. Um, it's It was a show that... It's not so much the show didn't do well on um, on comedies or Cartoon Network. It's that the, the the toys didn't sell well, and that was the reason why they canceled the show. Because Warner Brothers doesn't want to make a show that's not going to make that's not going to sell a bunch of toys. That's what that's what DC Comics is for Warner Brothers. It's it's toys, and don't get me wrong. That's where they're going to make their money is off the toys. So I can't I can't fault them for being upset, but. Uh, you know, being on on Netflix is gonna it would only benefit in that way, right? And uh, for those that saw the little um, the little picture I posted, I just gotta say I love Nolan North's sign saying "Will voice Superboy for food." <laughs> yeah, Nolan North. He's and for those who don't know, he's one of the the people that does a whole bunch of different uh, voices in animation. Um, especially superhero voices. Right. He's in just about everything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, my last thing was from Facebook is that I had posted if there was anybody that had any theories from the different TV shows that we watch, that we watch uh, whether it be Flash or Arrow or Gotham or whatever. Um, and John uh, Camarena, he had a massive theory that it seems like he'd been working on for quite a while that connects the walking dead to the X-Files to breaking bad. And then to millennium, a TV show from the nineties. And then also to St. Elsewhere, a TV show from the eighties about doctors. So it's a massive paragraph. I don't want to get into it here, but if you give a chance, you should go read it. It's pretty fascinating. Um, it, 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 I mean, there are some pretty thin parts, but there are some pretty strong parts too. So uh, you know, give it a try, and it's 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 pretty cool read um, if you get a chance. I know what I'm doing after this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did you see in the news this week that you thought was interesting? 
Um, basically, the first unofficial review of Batman v Superman. Oh, that's right. And, and we had um, Andy Comchola, I think that's how you say his name, last name, uh, post that to the Geek Elite page. Um, what did you think of, uh, what did you think of the review? I, I, I want to say those are pretty, even though it's not from Warner Brothers themselves, I want to say those are pretty, that's a pretty bold statement, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's from, it's from a writer from, uh, Entertainment Weekly, I believe. Yeah. And he, I mean, he, he, he praises it. He says it's a, it's, it's a good movie. And he also, but he goes on to say, if you liked Man of Steel, you'll definitely like this movie, which I think was probably not the best way to sell this movie because I think I'm pretty sure that most people, or not most people, maybe it's half and half of whether or not the people that half and half of the people that went and saw that movie liked it or didn't like it. Right. So it's not the. I don't think that's the best selling point for that for Batman v Superman. And he also did say, if you didn't like it, then you know it might redeem itself. If you didn't like any of the dark tones at all, then you're absolutely not going to like this movie. Well, I think that's something we've all grown, we all come to expect now from the the Warner Brothers cinematic universe is that, or the I'm sorry, the DC uh, extended cinematic universe is what I believe they call it. Um, we that's what we know that their characters are going to be dark and brooding, even though it's Superman who's not dark and brooding. But that's okay. <laughs> Batman and Green Lantern are the only ones that deserve to be, you know, brooding and dark. <laughs> I don't, even I wouldn't even say Green Lantern that much. I mean, Hal Jordan is a guy who, even through adversity, still finds the brighter side of stuff, I think. Well, I, I just want to say, uh, you know, a lot of the New 52 stuff, uh, they really did kind of... Write him as his emo kid that was just you know angry all the time and brooding. So yeah, end of the nineties uh, during the parallax. You know, well that's true. Yeah, that was. I mean, that was a, a dark time for that character in general. Awesome um, story, by the way. <laughs> yeah. uh, and the the fact that uh, oh, what was it? What did I, I put? I mean, I definitely think it's a movie that you're going to have to wait and see uh, whether or not it's it's going to be good. It, it, there's so much that, that's been put out now that we don't, we can't really tell. I don't think what, you know, what, what's to be, to come of this movie. You, under, you mean, you understand what I'm saying? Right. And I feel like uh, Warner Brothers is just hyping this movie way too much and it might just be a giant disappointment. Well, I mean, that could definitely happen. <laughs> um, was it, oh, it was, they kind of, the big rumor around, um, what was it called? Uh, oh, Green Lantern, is that he won't show up until um, Justice League Part 2. Right. I heard the exact same thing. Also, um, they released, I think um, it was Entertainment Weekly or um, might be another magazine. Huge spoiler, but apparently The Flash is a really big part of this movie as well. That's interesting. Um, You know the whole Nightmare Batman and how, you know, 
it seems like Superman is kind of you know ru- uh, ruling the world. Right, right. That's a vision of the future that uh, Barry has. Really, that's that's Barry's vision of the future. Yeah, that's weird. Why would he have a vision of the future? Time travel stuff. Best way to explain it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably what it is. Um, yeah, um, I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't heard that rumor, but that's interesting to to think um, whether or not that's um, what's going to happen. Uh, I just feel like there's seven different storylines going on in this movie now. Yeah, no, you're right. That's uh, Batman v Superman is gonna, it's it's uh, and we've been saying this since the beginning. It's just there's so many different things that are happening in this movie that it's just gonna it's gonna be all over the place. So I, I don't know. <laughs> I I really don't know. It's just I it, at this point it really is. I I just have to wait and watch this movie before I can even make any more assumptions because there's so much going on. <laughs> Well, I think, we don't maybe, have to wait I think much. maybe they think they're expecting this movie to bombard you with so much that your brain won't have a second to like stop and think about anything. So you're just gonna be like, "Yeah, that was a great movie. So many things happened." And then you're gonna be later on. You're gonna be like, "Wait, what actually happened? I don't think anything." And happened. we have to go see it again. <laughs> yep, and you have to pay for it again. I can definitely see that <laughs> happening. Um. Also, so Ramon Garcia put out uh, on on our Facebook that uh, they there was a rumor going around that Sony is still going to make a Venom movie, but have nothing to do with Spider Man uh, because you know Spider Man is now both Marvel and Sony, so then, and that's why Mar- Superman's going to be or Spider Man's going to be in the the Civil War movie and, and made by Marvel Studios, but I guess the rest of the properties like Venom doesn't need to aren't gonna be. So he they're not gonna mention Spider Man, which like I literally don't see how you can make a a Venom movie without Spider Man or or mentioning Spider Man because I mean that's the whole point of the way the way Venom looks is because he was attached to Spider Man. Right. I don't get it either. So uh, it was interesting to see. I put, uh, you know, I know that they just really want to make R-rated comic book movies now in which Venom could definitely be an R-rated comic book movie. I just don't know uh, where they're going to do it. Um, But if they do it, then we can uh, we can definitely uh, expect to go watch it. I still don't know what that Venom thing is all about. Um, I agree with you. You can't have that. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, What did you think about, and this is kind of, I mean, it's not exactly comic books, but it is because Men in Black was a comic book before it was a movie. So the news this week was that Men in Black and... The 21 Jump Street people, both owned by Sony, are going to have a crossover sequel movie. So 21 Jump Street and Men in Black is going to have a movie put together. How do you feel about this? Did you watch these movies? I watched them, and I loved, uh, you know, 21 Jump Street. 22 Jump Street was basically the same thing as the first one. Um, And Men in Black, of course, I watched that when I was a little kid. Watched it again recently. I just got to say... 
how. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where uh, you know I'm at too. It's 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 you're just throwing things together for the sake of throwing things together and making a cash grab. Even Will Smith and and Tommy Lee Jones won't come back for something like this. Then you, you're just you're just parodying the Men in Black movies, which is fine. They're comedies, uh, but it's just why you know at this point. So. I, I, I definitely wouldn't... I don't think I'd go see this movie. Even though I liked the 21 Jump Street movie and the 22 Jump Street movie to the point where the reason I like it is because they're parodying themselves or, you know, how... Especially in 22 Jump Street where he's like, just do the same thing you did in the first one. And then they kept trying to do the same thing they did in the first one. It wasn't working out, which is what happens in sequels, especially comedy sequels, where they just try and do the same thing and it doesn't work. So then they have to change it up and do something different, and then that works. And it's funny because that's the way movies are. It's a, it's all it's a very meta experience. But like, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's probably what they'll end up doing in this. It'll be like, well, you're you're teaming up with a new agency, so you got to do the crossover, and then they'll make a lot of meta jokes and. It, it, you know, it'll either it will either be a home run or it will be uh, a, a, a spectacular strikeout. So I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> that definitely, even if it looks terrible, I'll probably go watch it just because I've seen the first two. <laughs> Do you have some news? I think that's pretty much uh, it that I have to cover. I think the Barry Allen. Um, and Batman Superman was the biggest thing I had to say. I think, yeah, so that, that's a pretty big one. But I think the last thing I had to talk about was that the the rumor is that Stallone is in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I saw that article yesterday, actually. <laughs> uh, I mean, who could he possibly be playing in? Because we already know Kurt Russell's in the movie. So right. who could Stallone be playing? And you know the big spec the big speculation is that Kurt Russell is playing uh, Star Lord's dad. Uh, but why not uh, Stallone? No arguing with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's another thing. I was you know at the end of the at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy, um, you hear. Uh, uh, what's this? The one dude, the one Reaver talking to uh, um, Yondu say, you know, it's a good thing we didn't take him to his dad because he was a real dick. And then you think about at the beginning of the movie where the where where uh, uh, what's Star Lord's actual name? Not Chris Pratt, but Jason Quill, right? No, I thought it was Peter, Peter Quill. Quill. Peter Quill is is sitting there talking to his mom and she's like, your dad was an angel from outer space. And, you know, I mean, obviously she was, she fell in love with the guy. So the guy couldn't be too much of a dick, right? You wouldn't think that she (laughs) would, you know, uh, you know, fall for just an alien douchebag. But uh, then again, he did leave her and didn't come back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, and then sent some mercenaries to, to kidnap her, his son, but uh, I don't know. I mean, who, I mean, it, it, Sylvester Stallone and, and Kurt Russell in the same movie together it just makes me want to think about Tango and Cash. <laughs> I love Tango and Cash, <laughs> so that 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 needs to happen. They need to, and they need to have a reference to that too in the movie. 
Uh, I'm sure they'll throw if, it back. If James with James Gunn at the helm, yes, he might actually throw <laughs> it back. There might they might literally be hit be a scene where uh, Sylvester Stallone's dancing the tango and and Kurt Russell's holding a wad of cash. So I would not be surprised. Okay, that I think is a good part of news and and ups, updates and stuff because that was that was like twenty minutes worth of stuff right there. Yeah. Um, we need to get on to our shows. So Supergirl is first. Uh, this week we had Indigo, and which is very important because uh, Indigo was played by Laura Van Van Root Van Der Root, I believe is how you say her last name, and she played Supergirl in Smallville. Um, I want to say probably about mm, 10 years ago. So, uh, you know, this is once again, this show is doing great in, in remembering its roots or remembering its past, I should say, with, you know, ca- actors and characters from uh, previous iterations of the 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 character. Um, Helen Slater plays uh, Alex's mom, who usually originally played Supergirl in, in the movies. And then now you have uh, Laura Van Rander. So... That's very interesting. Uh, Indigo is a offshoot from Brainiac, and basically we find out that Bra- uh, that Indigo uh, is the reason why Kara ended up getting out of the Phantom Zone and heading towards Earth. When uh, she did, yep. When she did, because uh, Indigo was on the, the prison ship, and it, it infiltrated Kara's... Uh, uh, programming on her pod, which then found a way to get them, get them and the the prison ship out of the Phantom Zone. I just gonna say, I, uh, I thought it was a really good episode overall, um, but I did have you know problems with it here and there, and I I want to say so why you know was Indigo hiding you know all those years you know especially if she landed on the ship with you know with Kara. There was something that they talked about in the episode about why she just now showed up. It was because of something that happened in last week's episode, I believe. And I'm trying because to remember of a- what it was. What? Because of Astra dying? Was it? Maybe. That that might have been the reason why. Because she, Indigo, even expresses the fact that she had feelings for Non. Like, her and Non had a relationship at one point. Right. And, and, uh, and I think that's kind of a reason why, I mean... That's also one of the reasons why she went after that diamond distributors website that is like Ashley Madison, where spouses cheat on them on their husbands or wives with other people, and she feels like she was cheated on by non with Astra or either that or she was the one that was doing the cheating. Um, so yeah, I think once Astra died, that's when she she felt uh, this was the time to strike. Gotcha. Oh. Well, what else was it that happened in last week's episode? Because the death of Astro was two weeks ago. Um, last week's episode was about. Uh, see, this is this is bad when you can't remember <laughs> one week ago. Master Jailer. Master Master Jailer. So yeah, I don't think that had anything to do with with the reason why. Uh, um, what's her face? Why uh, Indigo came out of reveal? But she, yeah, so. The whole idea also was that uh, um, uh, a win. Win is is smart enough to beat a living computer at hacking. You know, <laughs> uh, I don't understand what's he doing working for Catco if he's this good. 
at, at you know, computers. Did they even notice that he was gone from CatCo when they basically kidnap him? <laughs> probably, probably not. I mean, they, they kind of just, like, I don't know. It seems like CatCo's a weird place to work. <laughs> And he gets back, and he talks, and you know, he for some reason he has a moment with Siobhan at the copier where she breaks down, and then she reveals a little bit about herself, and then eventually, at the end, he's uh, he's he's kind of he uh, talks to her at the at the um, at the elevator, and he's like, oh, I just went up, I just did this incredible thing, so you're not that scary to me anymore, and she gives him a glare, and she's like, okay, you're still scary, because he's got to play the meek, you know, nerd guy. And basically who Jimmy Olsen used to be, uh, now he, uh, you know, is, starts making out with her in the elevator. So Siobhan was just brought, basically brought in to, to make, you know, give Jimmy, or Jimmy, uh, win a character to fall in love with that's not Kara. I guess that's the only reason she's there. And for, I mean, again, comic relief since, you know, Kara was like, I can throw her in his space. You know that, right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, and I, at first I really thought that she was going to end up being um, Indigo also. Like, she was going to be a different form of her. Because if you, I mean, the way they drew Indigo in this, did she, or drew her, <laughs> the way they made her, dressed her up in this and made her in makeup, she looked a lot like Mystique from the from the right. movies, from the X-Men movies. I put discount Mystique. <laughs> I mean that's it's very I mean it, she didn't quite look like that in the comic books um so it's obvious they were definitely going for a certain look right um I want to say uh, the production value definitely has been kept throughout the whole you know season so far the special effects of her coming out of the computer were pretty awesome every single time those were pretty good, and so was the the Fortress of Solitude. You know, when you yeah. got there, and they, you know, you saw some things, and uh, you saw Kelix, or I, I always called them Kelix, but uh, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, you just read it, and it, it could be Kelix also, um, but that was pretty cool. The little robot inside there, right? I did, I did kind of get upset though because Jimmy Olsen takes. Supergirl to the the Fortress of Solitude, and it's Superman's Fortress of Solitude. It's right there in the title, Solitude. <laughs> it means I don't want a bunch of people just showing up. Um, I thought it was I thought that was kind of funny, but Kara did say that you know Kal-El has, has invited her there many times. She just never went. Right, and I thought it was just cheesy how he keeps you know the the key under the the, the doormat. No, the part that I thought was cheesy was that it. He goes, it's it weighs a, a couple thousand tons uh, of dwarf star, and I'm like, you're just exaggerating a number. I mean, like, I don't even think I don't. There's got to. I think he says like ten thousand tons, ten thousand, yeah, tons, or something like that. I don't know if Superman and and, and Supergirl can lift ten thousand tons. Like, where does their upper level of their strength? I know that like. Old old school like golden age Superman could move a planet, but I don't think they. I mean, he, he's not that powerful anymore, right? <laughs> so it was, yeah. I mean, but it is super strong. So leaving the key right there, 
I mean, if it for it to weigh a whole bunch is is still pretty safe. Nobody else is going to be able to pick it up. True. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Anything come out of this episode? I mean, uh, you got you had uh, Lucy Lane break up with uh, Jimmy Olsen because she figures out that Kara is in love with Jimmy and Jimmy's in love with Kara. Right, and that was, uh, you know, because love triangles, you know, that's our favorite way to go when it comes to TV shows. Of course. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, one thing, um, there was a ring on a sand in the Fortress of Solitude. Did he catch it? Oh, that's right, the Legionnaire ring, the Legion of Superheroes ring. That was pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. I mean, I that kind of means that in this this particular universe that Supergirl is based in, Superman was Superboy, and Superboy went on the adventures with Legionnaire, the the Legion of Superheroes, uh, like he did in the Silver Age comic book. So, I mean, that could mean that down the line we'll see a Cosmic Boy and a Lightning Lass and or a Lightning Lad and a, a Saturn Girl, and you know. Whether or not those characters are going to show up is going to be... Maybe even Supergirl going to the future. That could be pretty cool, too. I, I, yeah, I just had to, you know, I had to pinpoint that out because I was like, oh, that's interesting. But, so you're, but, I mean, you're saying that all those possibilities could happen? Yeah, I think those, those possibilities definitely could happen. Um, and that's, you know, very interesting that they would sh- pr- very predominantly show that, those, the, the, that ring right there. They must have big plans for the show then. <laughs> so what do you think that Non is going to um, use Indigo's body for? I think it's going to be part of the whole Myriad thing. I think it's going to be uh, what he needs to finish off whatever it is it's supposed to be. Her body might even be the place where they'll, ha- they'll house Myriad. Ooh. Yeah, so... That thing that he had too, the that ball spinning thing, yeah, kind of reconstituted her body. I think that I remember seeing that in one of the Superman movies. I can't remember which one, but it looks very familiar. So I think that's uh, uh, another thing that they use they they brought back to uh, like showing in the. Actually, I think it was a Supergirl movie. If I'm not if I'm not wrong, I think it's the Supergirl movie where you see that ball. Oh. So if uh, anybody listening has remembers that or knows what I'm talking about, uh, please get 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 in touch with us. Gotham. Now uh, I know, unfortunately, you weren't able to watch episode of Gotham this week. No, I'm actually kind of disappointed. I was actually excited to see this episode. <laughs> so uh, the episode basically uh, the most the most of the stuff that happens with Gordon in this episode is uh, him having to um, basically defend what happened at the end of the season mid-season finale. He leaves out the part, the part where he helped Penguin kidnap uh, Gallivant, and then he eventually put the, the death blow into Gallivant's head with his gun, uh, or blew him away, but he says that uh, the Penguin stole uh, Gallivant and got away from him, and... and uh, he, Penguin must have killed Galvan, and he had nothing to do with it. So he's lying, for one. But they reinstate him, saying as there's no evidence that he did anything wrong. Um, 
then Penguin comes in and turns himself in when the whole city is looking for him, and he admits that he killed Galavan and and that uh, he needs to go to uh, Arkham because he's crazy. Uh, so he gets put into Arkham, and he's still trying to be the top gun, the the king of king of uh, Gotham. But uh, you know everybody there is crazy, and uh, no one listening to him. So he has to go and see the new head of psychiatry at Arkham Asylum, which is none other than Doctor Hugo Strange, uh, played by B. D. Wong. Which is, you know, he does a great job. It's pretty incredible. Uh, Doctor Strange is seeing a patient before he sees Penguin. And uh, he tells the the patient that, remember now, see no evil, do no evil. And the, the patient's like, oh, yes, that's true. That's true. And he tells the Penguin that, uh, you know, you can't just be standing up on lunch tables Screaming, I'm the king of Gotham, you know, you need to get better, you need to rehabilitate yourself, that's why you're here. And then later on, when Penguin is going back to his uh, cell, the guy who Hugo Strange told him to see no evil, do no evil, has literally cut his own eyeballs out of his head. So, (laughs) we we definitely see that Doctor Strange has got some some weird manipulations going on here in uh, ways that he's going to probably end up using on on the penguin um gordon and bullock are out on the street they are uh looking for a person that has uh, at first the case starts out as abductions and when it's it's the it's 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 mr freeze who's abducting people uh but as he abducts someone a cop pulls up on him and he freezes this cop and and they they investigate and now uh there's all kinds of people being frozen around town uh once again it's it's mr F- his actual name is is Frice. and uh his wife Nora is very sick just like in the comic books and in the animated series uh. and he is he's developing a way to uh cryogenically freeze her and uh, that way they can work on a cure for the way what, whatever is, is making her sick and, and trying to kill her. And then eventually when they find the cure, they can bring her out of the cryo-freeze and uh, 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 heal her. But that's the part that uh, Fr- Mr. Freeze, Victor Freiss, is having a problem with is the bringing him out of uh, the cryo-freeze. So he's, he's able to freeze people. But every time he tries to bring them out, they end up turning into mush. So he's <laughs> he's literally tur- doing experiments on human beings now. And at one point in time, he has to go pick up new medication for his wife. And wh- while at the pharmacy, the pharmacist is like, you don't have the prescription. I can't give you the refill. Uh, and, he's, and so he comes back and he freezes everybody there, gets as much as all the medication that he wants. And uh, it kind of leads them back to Nora. And Nora finds... His, all the dead bodies in the basement and all this kind of stuff. So when they uh, they get the pharmacist back to the the Gotham morgue, they think that he's dead, but eventually he freeze he unfreezes from the stuff, and they have and and the new solution that that Victor Freis has come up with is made it so that he can bring people out of the freeze without killing them, and uh, that's where the episode basically ends. Hmm. Okay. 
But they do have a little uh, little thing at the end where um, Hugo Strange is is going to the secret part of Arkham, which is Indian Hill. He meets up with another doctor down there. She t- she talks about how there's a new villain that's figured out how to do cryogenic freeze, and Hugo is like, "What? That's impossible! I couldn't figure it out. How could anybody else figure it out?" And he he saw that. Oh wow! Someone else did figure it out. Uh, he they talk about Firefly and how she's not taken to her treatments, and they talk about a couple other people. And so basically, every character that you think is dead is is kind of in this uh, Indian Hill area. So we'll more. I think more of that will be developed here pretty soon, especially with the the Mister Freeze technology. Ooh. So it's good stuff. I like how last season, or or I should I should say, be, the first part of this season was called the Rise of the Villains. This one's called this part of the season is called the Wrath of the Villains. So we'll definitely be seeing uh, more of that. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, Agent Carter. <laughs> That's the other show that we have. To, we could talk about that, or we could talk about Legends of Tomorrow first. Okay. That way, I'm not I'm not completely the only one talking. Uh, so, but your voice whole, is so soothing. <laughs> this whole episode of Legends of, of of Tomorrow takes place inside the time stream. They don't right. they don't touch down at a certain time period, which is interesting. I I really like this episode. Um, I felt like it was really uh, a fresh you know fresh uh, uh, crap, breath of fresh air. Yes, you know, we, we once again we didn't have anything to do with Vandal Savage. It was uh, you know, it was interesting to see. You know, we got a little bit more backstory to Rip Hunter uh and why he's in the predicament that he's in and then we saw we saw a lot more character development with all the other characters. I do have to say though, I think the one thing that they're doing wrong with this show is that they're doing way too much backstory for each character way too soon. Uh, I know they have no idea if the show will last or if it's going to go on further, but they I think they should really milk it out more for backstory. Like, get some episodes under your belt where people are enjoying the show, and then eventually each character can have more back. I mean, we've already had so much backstory for, for Shaira. We've had backstory for uh, Leonard Snart. We've had backstory for uh, uh, Martin Stein. We've had backstory for Rip Hunter now. It's just like you're, you're, they're doing, they're showing way too many backstory stuff without developing the characters first to the point where we care what the hell their backstory is. Right. So, um, I mean, I honestly, maybe they just want us to buy in more into the characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously that's what they're trying to do. And like I said, they don't know how, how many seasons they're going to get. I just think that. It should be it, that's that should be at this point secondary to just having a good show right now. Maybe they're thinking of killing somebody off, so they want us to get attached, and then just like no. Well, I mean, I thought it was very interesting what they ended up doing with what they're doing with Snart and and, uh, and Rory at this point. You know, these two have been brothers, and you know, we got a little bit of backstory to that to the, the point that you know, Mick Mick. Uh, Rory stuck up for Leonard Snart in little in juvie to the point where they've been friends since juvenile juvenile hall, and uh, now they're kind of breaking up because 
Snart wants to do the right thing and save people, whereas Rory just wants to uh, be a bad guy. I mean, and can you blame him? He's a villain. He's supposed to be a bad guy. Right. And, I mean, isn't Captain Cold, you know, a main villain of The Flash, too? So I'm surprised that he's trying to do the right thing. Uh, yeah. But you but you got to think about in the comic books right now also is that I, I believe – Captain Cold is a hero. He, I think he's part of the Justice League. Oh, really? I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I think it was during uh, Forever Evil. He ended up being part of, of uh, Lex Luthor's um, Justice League, and I, I think that held over. Yeah, because I do have the story arc. I did read all of Justice, you know, um, all of that, and... I thought it was just. Uh, I thought it was just going to be a temporary thing because I didn't read afterwards. I mean, he's going to be. Uh, he's obviously going to be this kind of anti-hero now to the point where he'll. He eventually will probably go back to to his uh, villainous ways. But he's he's also been since I think since uh, uh, Jeff Johns and Mark Wade did the did did their runs on on uh, on uh, Flash. You know, he's not. Uh, he's not an evil villain. He's just a villain. He's just a he's a guy that robs and and steals and 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 and, and wants money and stuff. But he doesn't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to kill anybody. True. So I, I think that's the way they they kind of play it up. Um. But to, to break the two of them up is is a very big deal, uh, especially to the point that it looks like they're trying to develop a relationship. Between White Canary and and uh, Captain Cold, yeah, that's what it seemed like, um, especially when they're freezing together. Yeah, I mean, whether or not it's a romantic relationship or just a platonic one, they are definitely becoming closer. Uh, I thought they, I, I literally thought that they would put Adam and 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 the uh, White Canary together as a couple, but it looks but- like they're trying to put. Uh, Hawk Girl and, and Adam together as a couple. Obviously, since in this episode they actually make out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I which I think is kind of no. Obviously, she didn't know Carter Hall all that well before he died, and there's a whole this whole history of the two of them reincarnating to be together all the time. But it seemed very soon to me between when he died to now. That she would be moving on to the next person. Maybe she's just in a grieving period still. So you know, <laughs> I, that could that could be it too. Uh, you know, it's very very much so. So, um, but what about Cisco, man? Th- yeah, that's true too. <laughs> Poor Cisco. Uh, I guess it's I guess it's love the one you're with kind of <laughs> kind of days. I mean, because then it's, technically she doesn't know if she's ever going to make it back to her time period. Look at uh, look at Carter Hall. He didn't make it back. Nope. <laughs> uh, do you think that um, uh, Leonard Snart? Do you think Captain Cold killed Heatwave on that desert planet, wherever it was that he took her, took him? I don't think he would do that to somebody that's so close. I Man, he just froze like his lower half of the body. Uh huh. And so you know, you, just. So you, do you think he just left him? Like they're just gonna leave him there on some some time period or some deserted planet or wherever it is? I think so. Interesting. What um, do you think? I I think I think 
that I really think that this is going to be some kind of plan that they left him someplace close to like where Vandal Savage will find him and he'll be uh like he'll be like Vandal Savage will find him and be like oh so you're not part of their team anymore but when in actuality he is it's kind of un- undercover thing i guess okay but i mean Mick basically marooned them and, you know, um, tried to take over the ship just so he could go back to Star City 2016. Right, but I I think that, I, I, I and I don't know why, but I think that all of those things are being, is, is leading up to it. Like, as if someone on the team might be working for Vandal Savage or uh, Vandal Savage has a way of seeing on the ship. You know what I mean? Right. So I think that it, it's going to be some something's going to get revealed that it was all it was all an act. So you think Mick might really be down with being a good guy, and you know? Well, I mean, I think Mick will be down with whatever it is that um, Captain Cold is planning. Okay. Well, you did say he is like the Batman of the team, using everybody. Yeah, exactly, and that, and I think they'll play that up more. So, uh, did you also catch? So, the 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 computer on, uh, the wave writer, his name is Gideon. Now we know that the computer in Flash was named Gideon, so we kind of were like, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe it's like it's the future iteration of the one we see in Flash. Right. But then when they had the flashback to when Rip Hunter is in the Time Masters Academy, uh, that computer's name is Gary. And then on the Akron, the computer there is named Gilbert. So you have any idea why they keep naming all these computers with G names? No. None <laughs> whatsoever. And, like, how many G names can you get out there? Like, I think Guy and George... <laughs> And Gabriel. after that, I don't... Gail, I guess there's Gabriel, so... Yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> I, I really wonder wonder why. why. Why G? Why that letter? No clue. No clue. Yeah, no clue for me either. So... Uh, I did like um, Professor Stein's little... I'm, I'm a space ranger <laughs> attitude throughout the episode. <laughs> but it pisses me off, because I understand they have Victor Garber... They want to use him as much as he, they can because he's a great actor. Uh, but you're going up against Time Pirates. Why not have Firestorm there? Your biggest weapon, no doubt, against you know anything. And they rarely have the two of them kind of power up together. Can't afford the CGI. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know what? You, I don't even think about that, but you're right. That That probably could be it. It probably does cost a lot of money to have all that fire coming around his head and hands and stuff. But it's 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 a shame because there's so much stuff that Firestorm can do and get them out of the predicaments that they're in more often than not. Well, I feel like, uh, you know, in a enclosed environment like that, Firestorm would just be a big, bad no-no. Yeah, but his his fire is more... Like, the fire around his head and, and, and hands is more for show than anything else. Uh, like I've, I've, I've known in the past, like how else would he be able to hold people when he's flying? 
it doesn't hurt them because he's able to change that fire because he's Firestorm. Um, True. The the way that Firestorm's powers work is that he can, you know, he can transmute things into anything that he wants. And, uh, you know, all these guns that the bad guys have could be turned into flowers and boom, no more problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I'm just saying, uh, I know that it's probably be too much of a catch-all to have, have him there all the time. And it was great to have Victor Garber be able to be this Space Ranger guy. So it was kind of cool. Um, another thing that I thought was funny in this episode was the whole uh, Adam, uh, Ray Palmer being on the outside of the ship uh, trying to save White Canary and uh, and Captain Cold. And Shaira is talking to him in his headset talking about, uh, here, i got to keep you talking. What's your favorite color? And he's like, oh, I don't have a favorite color. It's like asking me what my who my favorite Beatle is. And obviously he's talking about the musical Beatles. And everybody usually does have a favorite Beatle. But I think the funny part is is that when uh, Brandon Routh was originally cast in the show, uh, Arrow, he was supposed to be playing Blue Beetle, not Adam. Which makes a lot more sense for his character because the character that he's portraying, Ray Palmer, is a lot more like Ted Cord the blue beetle than he is like Ray Palmer, the the astrophysicist that can shrink down to the atom. Yeah. I saw, I saw an article about that nod last night too, actually. Oh, did you? Yeah. So I thought it was pretty interesting. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it makes more sense that, uh, that he, the way he plays the character, cause that's, that's more Ted Kurt, Ted cord than it is, uh, Ray Palmer. So, Definitely thought that was interesting. Do you have anything else about this episode? Um, they um, they're off to find Savage once more, and we're, they're finally going back in time. They're going to, I believe, nineteen fifties this time. Yeah, nineteen fifty eight. So, yeah, there was there's uh you know we're they're gonna have uh, more on their on their plate of going backwards in time. We'll, we'll have to see finally see what stuff is is gonna you know. How this is going to play out. I They're think. finally going to get the jump on him, I think. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> uh, anything else? Do you know um, if the show's going to be a full season, or do you think it's just going to end basically when, you know, the Flash and Arrows hiatus is over? I think this will be this will be a full half season. Because, okay. you know, it's, it started in January, and I think it will go all the way to the end of may just like flash and arrow do um, okay yeah so i think that's what i think that's what's gonna happen with that all right oh okay oh yeah. agent carter had its season finale and right now it's up in the air whether or not they'll get a season three um there have been some rumors of what could happen in I believe Civil War with Peggy Carter's character. I think you'll see um, her funeral. So that could be interesting. Um, But in Peggy Carter or Agent Carter, uh, we had the, the basically the climax of what happens with um, uh, what's her name? Madam mask, Whitney Frost, 
she is trying to get all the zero matter for herself. She is basically absorbed all of it that came out of the second rift. And with that, she has come after Peggy Carter and her team. And when they uh, finally get Howard Stark shows up, he's like, all right, uh, I think this time we what we need to do is uh, figure out a way to uh, create another rift that will suck all the zero matter away from her. Um, but the thing is that they can't do it with another nuclear uh, bomb like they did the, the last two times. But Whitney Frost having all this zero matter, in, matter inside of her is kind of gone off the, the nut bar side. Uh, but she's doing very much beautiful minding it all over the walls and coming up with equations and stuff. And she's found a way to create a rift without a nuclear blast. And they have to break into her house, get those plans, and uh, build the device for themselves without her knowing. And her 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 the dude that's in love with her, played by Ken Marino, uh, Joe Manfredi, um, it basically comes to them to be like, look, she's not the same person that I fell in love with. Her brain is being tormented by this zero matter stuff zero matter stuff you guys need to save her and even though they don't want to save her they know that it's not her that's doing it it's the zero matter inside her so they he distracts her while they go and uh steal the plans they steal the plans they they open up the riff um they they know that as soon as you open the riff it will call her like almost instinctively and she shows up and she gets close enough to the thing where it uh, he hits her with the they hit her with the the gamma cannon again, which then expels all the zero matter out of her body, goes into the rift, but then the rift becomes too powerful to to hold onto, and uh, Souza Daniel Souza, the chief of the L.A. office, ends up having to manually shut down the rift device, which then would could cause him to get sucked into the rift himself. Uh, luckily enough, they were able to smart to think of a way to, to to do it without him getting sucked in, and they put the the gamma cannon into Howard Stark's hover car, so, shoved the hover car into the rift, have it blow up, and it and, and they save the day. So, Madame Mask is now her face is no longer scarred up uh, from the zero matter, but she has gone crazy. So the next time you see her, she's in a uh, crazy asylum. <laughs> I forget what they're called. Uh, insane but, asylum. Yeah, sure, an insane asylum. And uh, 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 she has basically started clawing her face with her own hand. So I think that's where you're going to actually get the Madame Mask character that we we see in the comic books, where she's going to put a mask on. But she's she's crazy. She's just sitting there talking to herself and having hallucinations and stuff like that. Um. Peggy Carter is now packing up her stuff, ready to go back to New York, where she's supposed to be uh, out of that field office. But uh, Jarvis basically is trying to talk to him, talk her out of going back, because it's you know it's it's not L.A. He's come to love L.A. And uh, she says, "Well, there's no reason for me to stay here." Well, that's when she goes and sees Souza, the chief of the L.A. office, and. While they're in there, they're kind of having a back and forth banter about how uh, he sh- she shouldn't have saved him when he was putting his his life on the line because it could have she could have ended up getting killed. 
because it, it mirrors a conversation they had earlier where uh, Peggy Carter says he shouldn't have saved her because it could have gotten him killed. And basically it ends with them kissing. So finally the two of them are getting together after two seasons of, of the sexual attraction. And uh, it kind of ends there. You're basically uh, wondering, oh, uh, you know, so that means that she's going to stay in L.A. and be uh, work out of the L.A. office. Um, and you kind of have the idea of uh, Howard Stark gives a job to uh, Wilkes, Jason Wilkes, to uh, start up a new laboratory in Malibu, which, as we know later on, is where Tony Stark has all of his uh, experiments go uh, worked on and, and all of his his business worked on. So that's the start of the that building. And um, at the very end, the LA the New York office chief that was in LA to help out, he gets killed in his hotel room, and you don't know by who, but uh, they uh, it's obviously set up to see for the next season if they get it. Do you think they're going to get another season? I, I don't know. I really don't. Don't know how well uh, the show is being received. I'd have to look it up, but um, I think that it's a possibility. I mean, it got it did get a second season, so and it seems like yeah, wasn't this pretty much like a prequel? Long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, all this stuff is is a prequel to the rest of the Marvel universe uh, to the point where a lot of this stuff shows up in Agents of Shield. And then every once in a while, it it, it relates back to whatever movie is going to be happening. Like, Peggy Carter showed up in Ant-Man, and, uh, you know, she's obviously a big part of the Captain America series. So, yep. it's, uh, it's, 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 it's interesting. Well, there you go. That's the, that's the end of Agent Carter for Season 2. Uh, whether or not they get a Season 3, we will be there to talk about it. Um, now, I guess it's time... For- to talk about the, the Walking Dead, the show that is basically how you call it—the Game of Thrones of TV, right, Mitch? That's <laughs> right for the network television, the Game of Thrones. Um, you know, I, another very good episode. Um, oh, I couldn't believe uh, like some of the characters that we got introduced to in this this episode. Um, some of the ideas that you know are being thrown around. So we have the the whole idea of there's whole other communities out there that are just as built up as Alexandria are. And now we can start trading po trading routes with them. And, you know, Alexandria doesn't have much in the way of food, but they have, they have a lot in the way of guns and fighters. Whereas Hilltop has a lot of food, but they obviously don't have anybody there to defend themselves. Like their biggest fighter is Jesus, obviously. Right. Um, and Oh my goodness the introduction of Gregory, like it's the zombie apocalypse. And the fact that you still have to deal with sleazy politicians is so terrible that I just wanted to be like, Oh, this is, this is worse than a zombie chewing on your neck. (laughs) The way he was trying to get all, you know, warm with, uh, you know, Maggie with with Maggie. Yeah. And she has to keep reiterating. I'm, I have a husband. I'm with someone. I'm with child. Uh, stop! Stop hitting on me! Stop flirting <laughs> with me! I'm trying to get some stuff done here, you know. And he's just like, "Look, it's just the way things go, baby," you know, kind of, kind of, kind of attitude. And it's just like, oh. But you know, Jesus even says, you know, he's not, he's not he's not a 
a great person, but he gets things done. He ha- he keeps the trains running, which you know I-, I guess in this type of scenario, it's the it's the thing you need. You need a person to keep everything going and on on time and on track. Uh, I did his little story about how he had he had seen this place many times and he'd been there all the time, but now now he owns it. And I was just like, it 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 kind of pissed me off when he said that. It's like. You own it, I guess, because you 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 showed up first, and you were like, "Ah, I live here now." But like, who? How do you really own it? Like, I mean, kid, I don't know. Just it, it, the way that he said it just pissed me off. <laughs> he claimed it. Yeah, he's part of the claimers. <laughs> he claimed it. Uh, that's, I mean, but it's just so dumb. It's like he's uh, this whole place is mine. Like, well, why? Why is it yours? Because you said so. You didn't, I mean, I'm pretty sure that if Jesus wanted the place for himself, he could take you down. Right. (laughs) So after the big negotiations that kind of failed with, uh, with Gregory, you know, we have one of the Hilltop gang show back up. Uh, I guess the people that went, went out, oh, they went out to negotiate with Negan or to get more stuff or give, give their payment to Negan. Uh, he shows up and, and they've, they had to leave a guy behind, uh, cause Negan's holding him hostage and he stabs Gregory right in the abdomen. That was pretty awesome to watch. <laughs> oh, not, he deserved it. He, he, you, you could almost be like, yeah, I don't feel bad for that guy getting stabbed. Uh, however, you know, uh, Rick and his group sees this hap go all go down and they go right into fight mode. Like. They're so like on top of their, uh, uh, like ready to fight that they 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 don't even rest for a second. They're ready to to throw down on at the drop of a hat, which could be bad, but in this case ends up being good. And they, uh, you know, <laughs> man, the, 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 there was three guys versus Rick's crew, and they they didn't stand a chance, even Hell to the no. point where. The the guy is on top of Rick and he has a knife to his neck and he's like, "Look, if you don't let me do what I need to do, I'm gonna kill this guy." Blah blah blah. And he takes his 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 vision away from Rick for a second, and Rick just stabs him right in the throat. And I was just like, "Oh man, you made a big mistake." That was savage, but it needed to happen. <laughs> and of course, of course, Rick just gets a whole bunch of blood right onto his face because. It wouldn't be Rick if he didn't have blood all over him, right? Right, and he just goes, "What?" Yeah, you know, that was the, <laughs> that was the best part too. He just kind of stands up. And he's like, "What?" Like as if as if this is a normal thing for him. <laughs> and you people are weird for not having for for thinking this is not normal. Uh, he's just so he's so savage at this point. Um, but they, you know, it gives them the 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 leverage they need to kind of work out a deal where they get the supplies that they need, and they're gonna have to go deal with a character like he said. Negan's a character he's gonna have they're gonna have to deal with eventually, and it's better that they have food in them now that they deal with them now. Yeah, and we're gonna be like we're gonna go to him. Yeah, they're gonna we'll kill him for him. you. Oh, um, when they're packing up the car to go to the hilltop, he's like, oh, by the way, I was going to tell you about Michonne, but it kind of just happened last night. 
Yeah, I didn't think that was funny. He's like, well, I mean, I, I guess you got to wonder because that's the first thing Jesus says to to uh, um, Carl too. Because Carl wakes up and he he sees that there's a guy just walking around in their house and he pulls a gun on him. He's like, "Hey, look, uh, your mom and dad already know that I'm here, so don't worry about it. You don't need to point that gun at me." You got to think <laughs> Carl's like, "Mom and dad, what are you talking about?" But he doesn't he doesn't even break. He just he just Keeps the gun pointed at him, so yep. he, you know, he's he's the little he's the little badass now. Um, but yeah, I guess. Uh, I mean, what do you say at this? It's he's he's adult enough to know that men and women do certain things with each other, and then uh, obviously they they hadn't shown anything like this with each other before. Uh, what 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 is Rick supposed to say? Look. Me and Michonne, we hooked up last night. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it was bound to happen. Just let it happen. It was, it was bound to happen. <laughs> and which I said before, I think you know it's a good thing because she obviously gets along really well with with Carl. They already kind of have a uh, a house dynamic, family dynamic between the four of them. So yep. you know, this kind of just makes it official. And then we obviously get some more character development from Abraham and. Uh... Weird Abrahamisms. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, the other part of this episode plays off a lot with uh, Abraham basically having to make a decision between Rosita and Sasha, which one he wants to be with. Because while he was on that run uh, with Sasha at the be- first half of the season, he admitted to her that he has feelings for her, and that uh, you know he just has to take care of Rosita back at the at the camp or back at Alexandria, but he'd like to be with her and. You, I don't know if that's a flashback or just a dream that started off the episode, but they're coming back from some type of run or something, and he, the two of them are talking, and then he kind of, they kind of just piece each other out and walk away. Yeah, and then Rosita gives him a piece of tail light uh, as a necklace, and he's kind of just he's like, oh, kind of falling in love with her again or whatever. So, I mean, obviously, here we go with the love triangle, which I don't even know if Sasha is into on her side. Probably not. Yeah, she never really said anything about, yeah, sure, me and you, big, I'm all about that. She kind of brushed it off on that run when they were separated from Daryl. Yeah, exactly. They, she, I mean, it's, it's kind of like they were, they're both kind of were losing their minds at one point. Now they're kind of not losing their minds together. (laughs) So, uh, I, I don't know if he's just pumping it up in his brain that there's something between the two of them, or he wants there to be something between the two of them, but she's not seeing it that way. Um, what's his face? So, the other guy, who was it that, uh, oh, when they, fa- when they find Jesus' character, or Jesus' people in that building as they were being terrorized by, by walkers... Uh, right before um, Abraham almost kills one of them, the guy says later on that he all he he right before he thought he was about to die, he saw his wife and the the woman that he loved. Uh, you know, so later on when Abraham thought he was going to die because the guy was choking him out, uh, he has you can you can hear the audio of him having a having some type of memory of a woman, but you can't tell which woman it is if it's Rosita or. Or if it's Sasha, so you're. I think that's where he gets the idea of who, which woman he's supposed to be with, because bringing up your 
Abrahamisms uh, throughout the episode, he keeps talking to to Glenn, like talking about like. So what was the what was the big one from this episode? What was the big uh, Abrahamism that you you got? The Bisquick. <laughs> yeah. When you were pouring the biscuit, did you know you were making pancakes? You know, uh, and the whole idea to him right now is that: Do you know that you're in love with you know Maggie? Do you know that this you know that you're gonna want to start a family with her? How how do you know which woman to be in love with or whatever it is? You know, so so he's ha- basically he's coming to a struggle which woman he should be with, and the idea is after he was almost choked out and killed. He had an epiphany, epiphany of who the woman he should be with. Now, after he gets up, the necklace that Rosita made him is still on the ground. Is that a hint uh, that he picks Sasha, or is it just a red herring and the necklace fell off because it was in a struggle? I think it fell off because it was in a struggle. Right. I think he. I think he still picked Rosita. I think he picked Rosita too, but also we're getting all this character development because what's going to happen to Abraham? <laughs> <laughs> so you 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 you've decided Abraham's gonna die. He's gonna die next, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, I I I'd say that that's very very possible that he could die next because I think um that nobody from the core group is gonna die, but people on the outskirts of that core group could die, which include Abraham and Sasha and Rosita and uh, Eugene and. Tara and all these other people that are not Daryl, Rick, Carl, Carol, Maggie, and Glenn. Season one survivors. <laughs> Season one survivors. Well, I, I think Morgan could die too. I think he definitely could die, even though he's a season True. one survivor. Um, and Maggie didn't show up till season two. Oh, that's true. I forgot. So you got me there. But. So, uh, I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see. But I think Abraham is next. Because every time we get character development on The Walking Dead, somebody dies. <laughs> or as Chris Hardwick says, as soon as you become the moral compass of anything, you die. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there you have it. I think that is uh, where we're at with the, the Walking Dead. Jesus is going with Rick's group to go and attack Negan's party. So uh, we'll see if he makes it to the next episode. I hope so. I think he's an interesting character, but he's kind of... He's very cartoonish, so I don't know if he will make it. Why? Why are you, why are you cursing the characters I like? I'm not cursing them, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know. Which I, I think he's safe because he was on The Talking Dead last week and he, he had actually grown out a beard and longer hair, so... Uh, I think that's a, a good indication that he's going to be around for a while. Probably then. So was he the special guest then? Yes, he was the special guest. Oh, okay. There you go. We can't. We'll, we'll see what we have to see for the next, the next uh, episode. All right. Anything else you want to throw in there? I think I pretty much got what I wanted to say covered. Cool, cool. Uh, I, I am pretty. I'm pretty set as well, so uh, I will we'll end it there. This has been, well, I'm at agent underscore of the underscore bat on Twitter. Daniel? I'm at Daniel Von Helvet. And uh, if you want to see, if you want to talk to Geek Elite Radio, it's at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. 
Uh, Geek Elite Radio is our Facebook page, and geekleetradio.com is our website. You can check out some of our older uh, archived episodes of Televised Heroics. Um, also, this episode's partially brought to you by Mobius Leather, customized leather pro- goods that you can find on Facebook, uh, mo- f- facebook.com backslash Mobius Leather. Um, give a, you know, give a Geek Elite shout out on that page. And uh, tell tell Aaron that we sent you there. Uh, anything you want to talk about on fa- on our Facebook page, definitely come talk to us. I mean, as you see in this episode, we bring it up in the show and we discuss it more in depth of what we saw and what we what we think. But we'd love to hear from you. So keep those questions and and theories coming, and we would love to talk about it more. Uh, other than that, this has been. Televised Heroics on the Geek Elite Radio Network saying, always remember, until next time, geek Geek out. out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.